You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the fam explain them to you. If there's a thing you wanna explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hello! Hi, listeners! Thanks for tuning in. I guess that college-educated, <laughs> very formally-dressed lady is Avalon. Thank you for complimenting my intelligence. And that college-educated, very... <laughs> informally dressed is Diana. That's all true. And this thing that you're listening to right now is called Femsplained. Femsplained. Welcome to Femsplained. So Femsplained, a little bit of background, is a girls only clubhouse podcast hosted by Avalon and I, where two queer femme humans nerd out about all the different things that we respectively feel passionate about. But that doesn't mean that uh, people of every gender, non-gender, can't come visit us in the clubhouse now and then. And, and while they're here, doesn't mean that they can't listen, laugh, and learn from us. Uh, but we do feel like it's important and very powerful to have a femme-led, candid conversation about our passions. I feel um, very powerful. Which is why we're here. Last week, we discussed all the different homeworks that we had kind of given to each other based on all the different things that we had femsplained to one another in the first five episodes of our podcast. It was super cool. Yeah, um, and I like those homework episodes. I think it's really fun. Uh, we both, what my best case scenario for listeners would be that they they hear what we femsplain and then their interest is piqued and maybe they go and do a field research and try different things out and that's exactly what Diana and I ended up doing so we decided to bring it back around and make a homework episode that was reflecting on our experiences after we learned about the things that each other like I I really love it uh, but we're we're done with the homework for now because we need some more splaining we need some more what? I'm sorry. Splaining? <laughs> Diana this week has got some splaining to do. Um, but before she does, um, in keeping with our tradition, we are going to let Francis the Mansplainer introduce the topic. He's got one minute. Go for it, Francis. In a mansplain minute. Putting one minute on the man watch and go. Alright, so picture the scene. I've just moved to the west coast from the east coast, day like three in Eugene. And I'm exploring the town, seeing what's what. I walk into a board game store because I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like, I'm a nerd. 
Maybe this can be a place to make friends, which I desperately needed. And I go in and like all the tables have like these really elaborate dioramas and like little model castles and forests and stuff. I'm like, oh, is this Dungeons and Dragons? And the guy behind the counter is like, uh, no, it's mostly Warhammer. I'm like, is that like Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> it's very different. So I'm like, well, cool. Like, you know, is there like a night where you can come and learn about it? And he's just like, uh, no, most of the people come with their own stuff. So for me, my impression of Warhammer is that it is a overcomplicated Dungeons and Dragons where you need to buy a lot of stuff and paint little action figures and people who play it are crappy and exclusive. It's just like all the assholes in fourth grade who could afford Pokemon cards and you didn't have any Pokemon cards. So whatever, I give Warhammer a C minus. All right. So Francis had one minute. So the topic this week is strategy wargaming. Okay. I don't know what that means. So have you ever heard, you've probably heard of, at the very least, uh, Warhammer? Have I heard of Warhammer? Yes. Are you traumatized by the existence of Warhammer? You know, I thought that I was, but in preparing for this episode, I realized that I've I've moved past it. I feel less traumatized about it, and I actually feel kind of excited to ask you a lot of questions about it. Okay, that's very cool. So, strategy wargaming is is a lot more vast than than Warhammer uh, 40k and that universe. But being that it's the most popular in in that genre, maybe because it's the most expensive in that genre. And I, I figure that there's definitely needs to be a focus in that world. However, I'm coming from a position where I actually am a huge fan of a game that is in the Warhammer universe that is largely forgotten. So I'm sort of here about Mordheim, which is it's... I need you to know that I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, well, and that's... (laughs) Tell me first. Tell me first. Um, I actually do, but for the sake of the listeners, tell me um, as if you were explaining it to a a normal non-nerd what Warhammer is. So you and your friends all save up $3 billion. And then you go buy, uh, like, so many miniature figures. And you... What are these miniature figures made out of, gold? Um, You'd think that they were made out of gold, Avalon, because they're that expensive. But they're actually made out of plastic. Sometimes they're made out of pewter. Um, And you arrange them into like a full, what is like a full army. And then you put them on a table and you like slowly move them towards each other and see who wins in a dice off essentially (laughs) to win the game so is it like a much more complicated version of risk avalon i've never played risk what is risk neither (laughs) (laughs) don't bring it up it's it's a metaphor (laughs) i don't know okay so here's my understanding of risk it's a very very time consuming strategy based board game where different armies compete to see who can conquer the world and i think it's like a a global map that you're trying to get territories i thought risk was like a kid's game it is yeah well that's warhammer 
Yeah. Okay. It specifically takes place in like a, f- mm. it's sort of a fantasy setting. The more popular one and the one that most of our mutual friends play is actually set in a, like a, more of a sci-fi setting. And it's space marines, you know, it's tanks. Um, there's some element of fantasy races, but they're very sci-fi um, in a lot of it, which I have trouble getting on board with. Why? I don't love... Because I don't care about things that don't involve elves. But aren't there space like elves? Like I'm pretty sure there are space elves. There is a fantasy like focused setting to the game that you can play, and you can play like the Dark Eldar, which are the Dark Elves, or the Eldar, which are the regular elves. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're talking about fantasy now? Yes, because there okay. is. So there's like yeah, uh, Warhammer has complicated. Let's break it down. Warhammer is yeah. the name of a franchise yes. of games and figurines. Yes. They have two different sub-markets yes. of games and figurines. They've got, it's called Warhammer Fantasy, and they have what's called Warhammer 40K, which yeah. is the sci-fi. Exactly. Okay. So all of it has like a little bit of like a um, what I'm going to call like a diesel punk uh-huh. aesthetic to it, too. Um, big giant machines, big um, in some cases, like machines that are also animals and, th- you know, things like that, that like uh, your your tanks are like anthropomorphic in, in mm-hmm. some way, and like have thought abilities in certain cases. So definitely a little bit of a, a diesel punk aesthetic to it but it's also a massive game like your average warhammer game is i don't know how to make this make any sense but it's like a a 2000 point game meaning that each side has 2000 like points to spend to build their army i i don't know what to compare it to but it's a lot (laughs) uh that's fine and so you you both both players are approaching the the gaming table and they have let's say 2000 points of currency yes with which to buy arm to buy armies to buy like each individual dude will cost a certain amount and uh right. and, and they cost more presumably if it's a it's a more skilled or more mm-hmm advantageous Mm -hmm. character to bring to it it's going to cost more so there's there's your first layer of strategy as a gamer is designing Mm -hmm. what characters you're putting into your army yes except for this it's so large scale that you're not buying like an individual dude at a time you're buying like like fleets so you're buy you buy like your frontline soldiers, you'll buy your tanks, you'll mm. buy your archers in a like okay. grouping. So you're thinking like instead of purchasing characters, you're purchasing squadrons. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the other reason why for me, Mordheim is what I'm actually like attracted to. You're in Mordheim, which is still takes place in the, in the Warhammer universe, the Warhammer fantasy universe. You're playing the same uh, races that are found in that game. You're playing in the same setting. 
And a lot of the skills and things, the, the traits, they're all the same. But basically take one of those squadrons that makes up your army. You're playing them. So you're playing something like maybe 15, maybe 20 guys instead of like a couple hundred. Okay. And that... Yeah. You prefer that for what reason? I prefer that for several reasons. One, compared to like everybody else that's into strategy war games, specifically Warhammer 40k. I did not get into this when I was 13 years old and had money and no responsibilities in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I could not amass the collection by just buying these things slowly over time or by dumping like a ton of money into this hobby. I got into it when I was, you know, in my 20s and working full time and like not being able to spend that kind of money. Uh, I respect you for saying that, but I think you and I both know that being in your 20s and working full time are not deterrents for people to spend all of their money on work. Yeah, it's still tempting. And I've still probably spent more than what I should have on it. I will say that. I think however, anything, anything is probably more than you should have. However, buying <laughs> buying one box of 20 dudes for let's be honest, $50. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's for some. Um and this is, I mean, from my perception, this is like really really cheap plastic just so people realize. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah, not it's really assembled. No, well, that's the part I like. I, know, I like that's that. That's kind part. of the part I like too. But it would be annoying if you didn't like it. It would also be annoying if you're making like 200 of these guys. Um, So that's that would be your first barrier to even playing this fucking game. That's I mean, my barriers is is definitely the money issue getting into that Two, if we had more friends that played or Hammer Fantasy, like, I would definitely have been a little bit more inclined. However, then, this game is a game that takes a long time to play one skirmish. So you've just spent how many hours building people? <sighs> yeah, you've spent a couple of hours building them, probably. You've spent many hours, possibly. So um, you've but spent then- at least $50 in a few hours to play the Monopoly Junior version of this game. And now you're ready and you show up. And then how long does it take you to actually play the game? If are we talking like a game of Warhammer? If we're talking that it's it's at a minimum, I think the quickest one I ever saw go down was three hours. And I think once once there was one that happened for like an entire eight hours, it was a shift at work. Like there's the, I mean, there's so much to it. And each round has several components for, for the, the for the more time game that I play, which is, which is so much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. The longest game that I've played was three hours. The, uh, I've played games that were over 
in like as little as 40 minutes. And it's kind of, you know, if it's a 40 minute game, like there was there was a very clear loser. Usually, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but still, like you're t- we're talking like in the realm of like your average D&D session. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's much more um, digestible. Um, I I want I want more people to be into this stupid game because it I guess died like it never it got like it's so weird to think of like a a game that's literally just like been written in a book as being like discontinued but it was like they the company stopped updating it and they stopped like usually with these games like Warhammer gets new races and new updates to their armor and and things released every so often because it's still so popular. Right. Um, but at a certain point, more times stopped uh, being developed. So if you happen to have the old books, you could play. If not, you had to either find someone who had them, find PDFs, which I will tell you is actually not easy. It's um, uh, There was a easily accessible fan site for it at mm-hmm. one point. And that disappeared at some point. And then they made a video game, which I'm super happy about. Uh, Mordheim City of the Damned. Oh, it was actually, it's it's pretty good. But with that becoming new and popular, like the search that you had to do to find the like rules to the tabletop game became more and more buried because uh, they had the exact same title. It's, you know... Um, so that that became challenging. There are like small community pockets online, but like finding somebody to play in real life because this is not a thing like D&D you can get away with playing on you know Discord chat or whatever. Like yeah. this is pretty much an exclusively in-person game that you have to play. So earlier I thought you had said that Mordheim is just using Warhammer um, but bringing it down a few notches in terms of the scope, but it, now it sounds like you're saying it has a separate rule set that is hard it, to find. It does have its own separate rule set because you're dealing with an individual uh, character instead of a, of one fleet acting at a time. Like you're not moving all your archers forward and having them all take an action. You're taking each individual and having them do a thing. And what that like allows you to do is be a little more like targeted and specific. These characters you can have now different from uh, 40K. You can have two, um, say, if you're playing, like I guess my favorite war band to play is the Orcs. So I play I play okay. the, the, the mob, which they speak in. That's how they speak. They speak in Orc speak. They have like, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you made a judgy so face. You, so <laughs> just not. no, I'm 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 making a trying to keep things straight okay. face. So within this game that we're talking about, you have more than two options for what opponent sides you're playing. Oh yeah, you have so many. You How have many? oh god uh oh, there's actually all right. So there's like the original the original war bands. Which actually maybe did not include the orc 
boys, actually. Oh. I think the originals were the dark, the dark elves. I thought they were Eldar. Um, Ooh, earlier when I said elf, you said Eldar. <laughs> it's because because the dark elves are 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 the dark Eldar. It's the same. That's what I said. It's the same. So you have like the these dark elves. You have orcs. You have um, Skaven, which are like sentient rats um, that shouldn't mm-hmm. be allowed to play in this game because they're so fucking broken that it's impossible. It's impossible. Um, you have Amazon. So then you have like humans, but you have like human variants. So you have Amazons. Um, you have Bretonians. Um and uh, I'm trying to think. There's undead, and there's several types of undead. So there's like the undead, and there's like mummies, which is a thing. Mm. As uh, <laughs> a lot of those, though, were uh, like some of them were tweaked, or some of them were created for more time. Like uh, the yeah, so like the um, the orc boys differ slightly from like the orcs. Presented in Warhammer 40k. So in in each of these, in like Warhammer 40k and in Warhammer Fantasy, there's some giant like war that has torn apart like the universe. Whether it's the okay. Galactic War, the war for resources in Warhammer Fantasy, it's torn everything up, apart. And now Mordheim, you're playing a band of scavengers basically you're you're like hunting through the wasteland of this these ruins that were torn apart by whatever the big giant war was that these assholes and their forty thousand dollar war bands caused you are now going and scavenging for whatever valuables are left behind so there's variations now you have um that kind of explains away some of the variations in the rules, some of the variations in like the lore. Mm-hmm. The thing is that like if you because some people do really care, there is if you want lore for this game, it exists. Mm-hmm. It's out there. It's actually out there even in the form of novels. Like you can read novels that are canon within the this series Warhammer? within Warhammer. Yeah, you can read. Okay, and there's so much of them. But it has very little effect on what your game experience is going to be because the game, and here's how it so it differs differs from D and D or other like tabletop RPGs. There's no there's no importance of story really to these mm-hmm. games. This is straight to the bloodshed. We have okay. skipped all the pretense, and here we are at the front line of the battle. Um, so you can. Okay. There's no need for you to know all the background. However, if you want it, it's definitely there. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Mordheim doesn't really have its own. It has little fluff pieces, but not the same amount. Like Warhammer has like whole novels out um, that elaborate on its lore. For me, if I'm... Because... Me, I generally, like, my overall draw is to story-driven RPGs. But sometimes, like, I want a lot of kill stuff. 
Like I want a lot of that and I want it in like a condensed amount of time. And I just want to do like instead of three hours of D&D where you spend one hour of that in combat, like I just want to spend a good solid three hours of my day straight in like fantasy combat Uh, and more times great for that. Um, Yeah, I was like. I, I, I'm feeling like I'm shilling about them, but like, which I am, but like they don't exist as a company. So I'm not like, I can't be. Why are you saying that they don't exist as a company? All of Warhammer went out of business since I last was aware of Oh, Warhammer. no, no, no. All of Warhammer does. I'm saying Mordheim. Yeah, Mordheim is oh, like, okay. it's not, you know. Freak me out. Oh. Um, oh, God, it'll never end. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's such a... Well, that's why I was so appalled. No. Okay. So... What? <laughs> I don't know. I wrote down so many things to ask you. Ask them. Um, tell me how, tell me about the mechanics of fighting. Tell me what that like literally looks yeah. like. Yeah. Okay. So there's, it's, it's literally, um, if anybody, it's far more likely that you play, you've played at some point in your life, like a turn-based video game, uh, which this follows those same steps. So, you know, in everybody's turn, like you have stages of combat, you can uh, recover, you can cast magic, you can use ranged weapons, and then you can do melee combat. So it in that order, order, in every stage of combat. So like one person, and this is again, this is also how like the video game that they released for the same uh, franchise works you're you're doing the same thing you're just doing it a little bit faster because it's happening automated by a by a game um so that's not a co-op you're playing against a cpu uh, you on the video you can it is i think a co-op game uh but you can also play it against the cpu yeah um i've only played it against the cpu so recovery like if somebody was injured they you know recover from that they stand back up or whatever casting magic like most warbands only have one person who can cast magic so that happens on either side then things like firearms shooting arrows uh happens after that and then melee combat melee combat being the only time that when it's your turn your opponent also gets to defend themselves like by fighting the rest of it is all happening within your turn and your opponent is just watching yeah pretty much and it's all you're not going you're not zigzagging okay restore restore magic magic arrows arrows. exactly it's like one person's turn here for my turn i've i've moved i've done this i've cast a spell i've shot this guy and that guy and now we're fighting and then the other person gets to go like and do their their entire turn of that there are other elements that can come in. There's random events that can happen, like that you roll for at the start of each turn, like a giant spider like wanders onto the board, or like a building collapses, or like a sinkhole opens up. Oh, and I like that. Me too. That's maybe one of my favorite parts. Like, is that just Mordheim? I don't remember. Seeing no, that that's just Mordheim. That's yeah. Mordheim okay. is the like best. That. It's the best. Um. You're not going to make me do it. (laughs) Save your breath. Fine. So these random events can happen uh, that throw a game off. And then the other really appealing part of Mordheim that does not exist in Warhammer 40K or Warhammer Fantasy is that you can play a campaign so your men can level up after the 
after the skirmish and play another game after that stronger and better. Tell me more. Okay. So like Warhammer Fantasy, you buy your army, you set it up, you fight, there's a winner and a loser, and it that hello the end. That's it. More time. You create this small batch of dudes, you stat them out low. They have a starting experience. They have experience points. Mm. They fight each other. And at the end, the whole point of more time is they're scavengers. They're searching the wasteland for uh, riches and gold and word stone. Uh, I refuse to call it weird stone. I don't, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like when people call them wyverns either. So I... I, I Which one is actually correct? I think, are you actually correct? I think, I I think think I'm actually incorrect, but I don't care. I'm trying to think of something else to compare it to linguistically. Um, And honestly, I've lost a lot of faith in you after papyrus. (laughs) (laughs) I, have you, where, why have you ever heard that word spoken out loud? Papyrus is a word. I know it's a word, but who says it in a sentence? I've never... Anyone studying any kind of ancient c- civilization? Don't say that like it's not a niche thing. <laughs> I don't. It's not a niche I thing. I mean, if you take, I feel like if you took like world history in like elementary school, like papyrus is what people used to write on. It's like early paper. But I'm, I've never heard that word spoken out loud. Okay. I, tr- I tried to be on the DL when I corrected you on it. Oh, oh, I'm not. I don't care. I I'm fine there. Well, I would have cared. Yeah. I was embarrassed for you. Oh, ooh, Avalon. No, I I mean there are way way more common words that I've like gone longer periods of time without hearing out loud and have said incorrectly. Like I'm not yeah. gonna. That's I'm the, not honestly, caring. That's the fallibility of of the reader. I think that for all of us young literary savants. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just listened to our podcast where we were talking about um, what's his face. So I have sandal in my head. Yeah, sandal. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that there were a lot of words that I had to make up personally how I thought that they were pronounced, and but I was always humiliated when I got corrected on them. So yeah. I just assumed other people were too. Yeah, I mean, well, it's um, it's but apparently it's not. not embarrassing with fantasy names, really. But you know, it can be embarrassing when it's a real. I word, can't. Like I can't think of. I can't. Well, I knew it was a real word. I was not like I was not delusional about the fact that it was a real word. I just had never heard it pronounced out loud. For the record, I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, I'm I, not. I. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for the for the tangent I brought us on. I was gonna give some background on it if that's Let's okay. Let's do it. Diana runs a um, fantastic Twitch stream, and last week Francis the Mansplainer, who I may have never mentioned is actually my real life spouse, um, was out of town and I was very lonely, and so I was watching your Twitch stream like all the time just to feel like I had another human. And you're playing a really cool game called Undertale. Undertale, and. <laughs> There's a character named Papyrus that Diana was pronouncing differently than what Papyrus decided. <laughs> you were calling it Papyrus, Papyrus, and you did it about eight times before I. She sent me a text message. Just to let you know. and I was like, she's in the Twitch chat talking to but me. There are other people directly. there. I didn't want to be like, hey, you me. uneducated piece of dirt. You could it's honestly. Papyrus. The thing is, you could have just like never mentioned it, and I. I mean, 
no one else was bringing it but, up. So like, eh. well, that was the problem. I felt like you were my friend, and I wasn't gonna tell you the first ten times. But then I was like, like, what if you had a booger on your face and you were starting to like hang out with like some guys were starting to come and chat you up at a bar? Like, wouldn't you want me to tell you that you were a real booger face? You know what? No, I want I want those fake bar Listen, guys to you, accept me for the slob that I am. If it's me and you one-on-one and my fly is down, you don't really have to tell me. I'll figure it out next time I go to the bathroom. But if it's you and you notice it and you're my friend and we're out in public and I've got other Twitch viewers and I'm trying to build my Twitch stream, just give me a little heads up. All right. I'll, uh, you know. And my fly is down on Twitch. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll reach down and pull up your fly for you and that'll, that'll, we'll solve it. I'll I didn't ask for that. <laughs> well, I didn't ask. That's not what I said. I didn't ask to be corrected on how to save Papyrus, which uh, I think we, well, we decided. Pap we, Prius. Pap Prius is the. Uh, I th- yeah. yeah, we decided to call it Paps Prius. Pap, yeah, that's yeah. the new. Um, that's the new pronunciation of it. We don't accept anything else. Uh, it's sort of like yeah. how the Oxford Dictionary, you know, aggressively changes definitions of words <laughs> over time. Do they? Yeah. They they keep up they keep up with language evolving and but, now pap all right and now papyrus has evolved and it's about time because we've been saying that same shit for how many hundreds of years I literally don't care it's paprius paprius like paprika but like, like paprius we're in the BCs so it's time yeah like paprika yeah <laughs> holy shit what are we even talking about uh, we're talking about I'm going to talk more about Morhine. Okay, so you level yeah. these dudes. So mm-hmm. so you have, like, this this army now of, like, 15 dudes with a max, I think, usually of 25 or something like that. You could start with, like, you could start with 10. You could start with 15. But there's a max. That's pretty small. Is it a point-based max? Because I know that some of these armies, like, individuals are worth more than individuals in other armies. Yeah. Like, 25 Skaven, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Right? Some of them are worth more. So, like, okay, the 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 reason Skaven are so broken is they're so cheap. You can oh. have, you can start with so many of them, and their weapons for most of their dudes are also cheap. They use things like clubs, daggers, slingshots. Yeah. I know exactly what those little things are. I holding. know exactly what those little <laughs> things are. <laughs> Where'd you get that dagger from? I had it the whole time. This is I had this my hammer dagger. the whole time. So like what would you do if I brained myself right now? Um I I I don't even know how to conceptualize how much my life would be in shambles. I would I would have to live at therapy and also don't do it. So every everyone starts out with a dagger anyway. So like yeah. they have daggers and they have like a you know a slingshot like everything is like five gold. So in this game, when you're starting out, your max that you're starting your game at is like five hundred gold versus like the two thousand gold buy-in for a potential Warhammer army. So the limit is on the points, not on the number of people. There is you're both. There the is both. Yeah, people. there oh, there okay. is both. So you can only like. And you can only have, like, one leader, obviously. You can only have one magic user. You can only have maybe two other heroes. Okay, that's the other 
difference I have to get into, I guess, is that you're categorized not by like your squadron, but by what type of fighter you are. Either you're a hero or a henchman. So a henchman has is you and a hero is me. Yeah. That's an easy way for That's an easy to way. If you're thinking honey, of a hero, honestly. picture Avalon. Yeah. If you're thinking of a henchman, think of Diana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very true. Henchmen can also incorporate like animals. Um, warhounds and um, can and ogres and trolls and squigs, which are my most favorite thing in the whole world. Squigs, which you will elaborate upon. Squigs yes. are. Um, Wait, don't tell me what a squig is. Don't tell me. Hold on, I want to draw what I think it is. You draw what Keep you on. think it is, and I'm gonna go get one. Um. Okay. So I thought that a squig was, and I drew this on a bill. Ignore my address. I thought a squig was a squid that you put on as a hat, like a wig, like a squid wig. <laughs> and and it if it's if you put it on a a good guy, like somebody on your army, it gives you a boost. Maybe it makes you fly or something, or it makes you super s- smart and you can manipulate these tentacles. But then you can also tell it, go, squig, go, and it'll land on the head of an enemy and it'll suck their brain out. Close. So first of all, don't ever throw that away. I hope I'm close. Okay. <laughs> you keep that forever. That's an amazing drawing. This. All right, Squig. Points for having different poses. Like, it's not just one kind of Squig. These look like Grimace dogs. Um, And not at all like Squid. No, they're not Squigs. At, they're not Squids at all. They are <laughs> Squigs. They are not Squids. Uh, so Squigs... Are, I love them because they're chaos. They're pure chaos. So, what's hold on, Diana? What's like your personal alignment? Chaotic good, hundred really? percent chaotic good. Yeah, I'll break any law to do the right thing. I don't care. I should not say that out loud, but I, but I'm I'm fully. I will I I I will change my own morality and have several times to, to, to do the right thing. Like, I will change my own goals. I will change my own. But it's your definition of what the right thing is. Well, yeah, I mean, every well, whatever my ever-changing uh, description of what the right thing is, but, yeah. That's dangerous, Diana. You know, I mean, my perception is certainly flawed and has been in the past. I used to protest Planned Parenthoods and I used to fucking <laughs> be a self-hating gay. I'm not going to, you know, like... I'm, I, I'm not going to lie about the fact that, like, I've gone through about, like, three million changes in my morality. Um, I'm going to give you just the opportunity to, like, clarify that. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I no, I used to be, like, as a teenager, I was very drawn into a conservative uh, mindset via the church that I belonged to for an amount of time. And I really, like, really believed in their, you know, message because it allowed me to hate myself so much. Uh, you know, like, and I was a depressed teenager who, <laughs> like, it appealed to me uh, in a very dark way. It's a much... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a long, weird story. Uh, I, I ask without judgment. I mean, I, um, I don't necessarily have a similar journey, but um, I know and really respect a lot of uh, people who did. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just doesn't fit my um, 
preconceived notion of like high school Diana. Yeah, no high school. So I just think that's fascinating. High school so, Diana um, is a weird yeah. thing. Anything, anything pre, honestly, pre like 2004 Diana is an entirely different person. So that's, you're, are you my same class? No. Are you 06? No. Uh, we, we, no, I'm 05. I'm 05 for graduating high school. That's what you meant yeah. by that? Yeah. yeah, I'm 06. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm 05. So anything pre my junior year of college, I was a complicated, like different. I was a different human being in that I was not completely out or if I was, it was very like, like self hating kind of way. It was also very like I didn't accept bisexuality really at the time. So I was like, if I was dating a girl, I was gay. If I was dating a guy, I was straight. I went back I and forth to to, yeah. between that all the time. And between each instance, I had a meltdown about my identity crisis. So as that sure. type of person. And then even going forward, high school me was a person that got diagnosed with a very serious illness that had no cure and was lifelong and had to deal with that at the age of between 14 and 16 and got sort of like taken in by a very religious person who had very loving, very sweet, wonderful intentions as a person wanted to like genuinely believed that it would be very helpful for me to have this very serious religious experience. And that's how I got involved in things like faith healing and <laughs> Planned Parenthood post-testing and like crying at meetings where they like tell you that all your gay and Wiccan friends are going to hell. Um, you know, it was very, very complicated time in my life. Um, <laughs> like any other teenager, but maybe in uh, interesting ways. Um, huh. Yeah. That just doesn't fit what I thought. Yeah, no, I was not. I mean, I was... I'm happy to know this. Did you think I was cool or something? Like, did you think that, like... Well, okay, well, it depends. <laughs> what do you think cool is? I, I didn't think that you were traditionally cool, but I did... I have always had a sense of you that you have, when it comes to certain things, an extremely strong sense of self. Oh. And, like, that that has been consistent. And I thought that anything that I could relate to your conviction and kind of anything that I could relate to your sexuality, I thought you were, like, you... You were very self-assured. No, that came after, like, the whole, like, oh, Diana hits rock bottom and completely bottoms out of her entire life and then has to rebuild her personality from scratch thing that happened circa wow. 2008. Yeah, that's all new. That's all brand new. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I really respect it. I'm not bringing yeah. judgment at all. I think, if anything, it kind of, like, makes me feel less insecure about myself because I always feel like I'm the one that's, like... Diana, at least Diana, like, has this figured out. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I know, I, I had to figure I it out because like, everything, life, everything was so shit I mean, for so like, long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was, not, it was not like I always had to figure it out. No. At least specifically with sexuality. Yeah. Oh, God, that was a nightmare. A nightmare. I would have... I'm, oh, God. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've always felt like such a, like, dumb old noob when it comes to sexy stuff compared to you. Well, I mean, because, like, 
because I, you know, I did my figuring things out. <laughs> like I did. I, went, I don't mean like I went. I went. Mm-hmm. I went and figured it out. But at the same time, a lot of the time, especially in my college years, when I did that whole figuring it out roundabout uh, <laughs> that you do, I was personally freaking out on the inside. One and two. Like, I also was dealing with, it's very difficult to, in high school, all right, I'm going to say this. In high school, the girls that are gay, the girls that are bi, that are out, like, they're fucking committed, especially in the age group we grew up in, because they were still getting fucking, like, chased after school. We also had, like, we still operated in, like, it was normal for schools to have no same sex policies at prom or at dances and like no like these the these things were all total so if you were it was grounds for expulsion yeah school, yeah so if you were like, out openly, if you were yeah. out at in high school you didn't just come out like on a on a whim like it took some serious fucking thought college though it was a more inviting environment people would come out as being questioning or as being like I'm not sure. I might be bisexual. Maybe I'm into this. And so then you had this whole, like, I was I was doing my, like, am I this or that stage during a period of time where a lot of people are also doing their, like, am I this or that? So then you dealt with, like, being, like, there were a lot of uh, instances where I went on dates with girls that then were, like, oh, no, I'm not. Like, and mm-hmm. and then, like, you, like, sink back into the closet a little bit because you're like, yeah. oh, God, no. <laughs> like, I, you know, and that happened multiple times. It was an interesting time period, and I had a lot of, a lot of freakouts about it. But. Yeah. I was always too good at being in denial to freak out. So, like, even if I was on a date with or in a long-term live-in relationship yeah. with a woman, <laughs> I was, I was not by I was either a lesbian or I was just like playfully like I would say that I was like that person sexual Mm -hmm. like say her name was Sarah I would say I'm just Sarah sexual yeah 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 my yeah exactly one of my friend's moms in college uh asked him if I was gay and he Mm -hmm. said in response I don't know she likes to party and I'll never (laughs) Forget that, because I think to this day, like, that's my sexuality. <laughs> like, if I ever feel insecure about what my sexuality is, like, party will do as a substitute. Um, I might have just had too much wine, but that answer made me want to party. I know, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though I will say that whenever someone uses party that way, it makes me assume that they're talking about doing coke. Which I'm not. Yeah, no. Wanting to No, do. no, no. But like she likes to party, makes me feel like she does a lot of blow, and then she doesn't mind. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was more like from his perspective, like as a as a very good friend who didn't like know like the inner panic that I went through, was just like, right. oh, Diana, just like she does whatever she wants, which I think was like the yeah. that was like the fun outward appearance that I think that I had, and then like my two close friends throughout college that actually had to deal with me in my panic attacks, uh, you know, knew like the, 
<laughs> that it was not that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you had zero lady baggage. Oh, I know. I have all of the baggage. I have religious baggage. Of all the ladies? I have spirit. Yeah, I have. You so- still have religious baggage? No, my religious baggage is thankfully all gone. I can't believe you. Oh, have lady thank God, it's all gone. Well, you know, I still feel like somewhat sometimes insecure about like, should I call no, I myself bisexual? Should I call myself? Oh. Pansexual, should I call myself? Uh, well, that's a different thing. That's the keeping up with the times thing. I know. I call my, I finally, Diana, do you know how long it took me to be able to say out loud to people that I'm bisexual? And the second I was there, people were like, oh, so you, you just like cisgender people? I'm like, no, I like everybody. But I, it took me so long to claim that title. And like, pansexual sounds so hippy dippy. And like, I hey. use pansexual so I just say for queer a while. Now for that yes, I say queer now too. Because yeah. fuck you, fuck you all. I know. Um, and also, like, uh, trans, many transgender people feel like they fit into the binary. They just don't fit into the fucking end of the binary spectrum that you decided that they fit into. That's so, true, but there are some people in the middle, and the people in the middle are people that I'm like usually like most excited about. So are, then yeah. they say bye, and they look at me like I'm an asshole. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I learned actually recently that the person, the woman who invented the trans uh, flag, the white stripe, is for non-binary people. In the nice. middle, yeah, because uh, she, her thought was that like some uh, trans people like do feel like they fit the binary they just fit the one that's not what they were assigned at birth but that the white one Mm. covers people who maybe feel like they fall into like the trans category because they don't fit into the binary at all and i was like fucking i i I never knew this uh, up until yesterday and it was like uh, an interview that she gave about like when she created it um which is just awesome because she made it herself and then just like brought it to parades and then people started making it also which to me is cool i don't know anyway there's um there's like flag related controversy in my community and yeah so i add flag to the list of things yeah do that because allowed to like so do that i'm just no i need to know more because that alone that one little thing alone fascinated me so much so i need to know everything so i'm queer and i like to kill things on a battlefield every once in a while do you have a question or do you have a no i'm curious where you're gonna pick up from and then if if you need a question i have them i i want all your questions i just i want okay so i i don't know any pretend like i don't know anything about warhammer i understand everything that you're bringing to the table against your opponent i understand why but i want to know literally what it looks like when you're i want to know what the rolling looks like i want to know what the tools involved oh okay like. so it's very streamlined in that like you're only using one type of die in this game you're only using d6s um so like oh, really? D you use like a d20 and then like you'll have different damage dies and and they all combine sometimes and uh, it gets complicated you're using more than d6s you use only d6s and you are your your stats are based around this 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 one die the only the only other time that i ever use other dies in more time is i sometimes use d4s to like as a counter 
to count how many like wounds I have left or like oh, okay. uh, attacks I have left. Because when you start to level, which that was actually like where we had left off, was that you can level in this game, you can get stronger and whatever. As you level, your dudes can gain more uh, wounds, meaning they can fail a, the, in an attack against them multiple times before they actually take the damage. So somebody could hit you successfully, wound you successfully, and you just shake it off. And you can do that one, two, three times before you actually take the effect of that damage. Um, those are for things like really strong enemies like ogres and trolls and all the beastmen, I think. And then there are, you could have multiple attacks. You can gain multiple attacks like... Sure, your opponent can hit you with like each of his two daggers. You can do, you can hit them with a sword and a dagger, and you can punch them in the face as well. You can do like multiple things. So I use it as a counter, but it's not relevant. You don't roll it in any in any way for any of your successes. Hmm. I could have sworn there was a big one, but that's fine. They well, other dice like same similarly in that we use like d fours as counters. I think we use like scatter dies and things like that as well uh, to like determine like there are a lot of random events in this game where it's like uh, something happens in this direction for this many times. Like, uh, you know, but it doesn't come up in your attacks, your defenses, in your actions each round, your magic casting, everything that you're trying to do is a D6. What's a scatter dice? Or Yeah. Scatter, scatter, things, what does that mean? scatter dice, meaning uh, you not only have to pick like a random thing that's happening, you have to pick a random direction that something is happening. So squigs, that's why, that's why squigs Yay, are squigs. my favorite. Yay, squigs! Squigs are my favorite because they are super chaotic. That's how we got here. We were talking about how I'm chaotic. Good. Okay. Anyway, um, yes. that's how we got there. All right, so squigs are super chaotic. They're be they're beasts. They do not have like a drive towards a certain goal except eating flesh. If you you have to have a goblin, it has to be a goblin that controls them. If you if that goblin dies, they do a thing where they move in a random direction and attack whatever they come into contact with first. So you have to roll a die that either like if you if you don't own or want to buy a specific scatter die, you would just like assign locations numbers and then roll the die. But they make dies that have arrows on them and you can roll oh, okay. it and like wherever yeah. it points at you, you would go. Um, so the squigs are a good example of that. They also do it if they if they move too far away from their handler, which their movement mm. is double their handler's movement, so they could do that very easily. Yeah. Um, they yeah, so they they can become your warband's enemy in like one round. I do. I I like the excitement of that, the unpredictability. Yeah, I love it. Um, I I pretty much like I could have like probably a whole other troll in my work warband and instead had all the squigs because I I think that they're so cool and like it's worth it to me sometimes to lose 
because of how chaotic they are. That's hilarious. That's that's my that's what I love about it mostly. All the randomness, all the chaos, all the bloodshed. Um the the other chaos factor is that at the end of these games, so like, yeah, you can level blah blah blah. You can actually like perma die. You can have characters that, that die forever. No. Yeah. If you are playing and you get taken out of action in the game, meaning you've been injured so many times or strongly enough that you leave the board. Yes. At the end of the game, you have to roll on a chart to see what your permanent injury was. It, and it could it, when be... When you're talking about... You're talking about a campaign, though. Like, if you're, if you're not, like... If you're not oh, playing a campaign, okay. you're fucking up. So, yeah, but then you're permanently dead is... within the campaign. You're not. You don't like literally throw the piece away. Is what I'm saying. Mm-mm. Well, you don't necessarily have to. But you would. All right. So you're when I say like you're buying the back, like you buy like the exact same type of dude right. and just use the same model. So you're not but like that dude is dead. But like, did you really care about? Did you really care about you know like Frank the orc in? Did you? Well, get I'm not really sure. Attached? Is he special? I, I mean, get if I painted him. I got emotionally attached to him. Yeah, I get very emotionally invested in them, not because like I have backstories or have any sort of like dialogue that goes along with them, but just because you've put in so many so much time and you've yeah. won presumably fights before with them. That's another. Well, you whole also paid a lot of money thing. for it. Like real money, yeah. human money, <laughs> real human money. That's the problem I think I'm having. Well, that's also the thing. I mean, for more time, like I've spent like maybe like I have an orc war band. I have a, a, a Amazon war band. I have a dark elf war band. I uh, and I have an undead war band. And I think, like, maybe I've spent over time, like, $100 on more time. Yeah, like, I think I've, I've, I've done a couple of bits where I've, like, pieced some together out of, like, other things that they weren't meant for. But for the most part, like, I don't that's think, it. I don't feel like that math works. Because heroes are, like, as much as a box of infantrymen and that alone oh yeah there's no distinction we're looking at like 50 bucks for one no 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 they all come in the same box do they for more time they do yeah Uh, yeah it's it's a very different yeah it's a very different thing like there's not like you don't have to buy like i mean you can you can buy like the fancy pewter dude that cost 25 bucks all on his own to be your leader and you could do, but you know, I've bought either like pre-owned things out of case uh, oh, when okay. I wanted to, or you could buy the whole box and like there's always like a build for one of them to be your leader. Oh, okay. Like an accessory or a, a staff if they're going to be your wizard or like whatever the the thing is, the identifying uh, piece is. Okay, I gotcha. Mm. Um, what is in Mordheim, what is the best army? What's the most OP army? It's the Skaven. That's the most OP army. That really? there's no debate. There's nothing. 
Uh, the second best being maybe the cult of the possessed. Just because instead of buying weapons and armor, you can buy modifications to your own fucking body that like give you extra tentacles and like extra limbs cool. and shit that give you extra actions and like give you extra moves. Cult of possessed are a little bit broken, but there's nothing like this game in. They move faster than everybody else on the board. They are cheaper to buy than everyone else on the board. They can hold multiple weapons because they have a tail that can hold weapons for them. They're fucking, yeah, they're they obnoxious. And then if you get enough gold, which they always get enough gold because they always win, they can hire a fucking rat ogre, which is just like a, one of their own OP selves, but just gigantic. And has, yeah, the Skaven are broken. They're, they're horrible. Uh, from what I've heard, They've been toned down a little bit in the game, but honestly, I in the video game, I should say, but mm. I am traumatized, so try and catch me going anywhere near them. It won't happen. I, do you um, paint your mans? I do. I paint my mans. I'm very obsessed with painting my mans. I'm very proud of it as well. And this is actually like one of the two things that I'd like you to do, Avalon. You can pick. You don't oh, have to do is this both. The homework? You can, yeah, you can pick one. Okay. Either I'm gonna send you the rules and you're gonna stat me out a warband of your choosing. You can choose which type, but I'll oh. send you the rules that you can stat one out for me and then tell oh. me all about it. Or one. you could paint one miniature figure. <laughs> Diana, do you know how many figures I've painted? I'm sure it's many, but I want to see them. Have you ever played against the Skaven? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I exclusively die to the Skaven all the time. I I, I don't know how much more they've been painted, but I, I painted the Skaven. <laughs> oh, there's not many that are, that are like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, there's not... It, they're no. pretty much... Some some people are hardcore. Some rules, house rules, where, like, if your man isn't painted, like, they lose stats. Like, if you're not, if you're on the yeah. table, like, you have to, I, thankfully, I, I've i never met anybody that's that fucking insane. <laughs> I can't, no, I, I actually, can't bring it. I really loved it. It just, there were a lot of factors why only some are painted, but I did spend a lot of hours. So I, um, the, the, it, when I expressed an interest in painting them and my painting ability had yet to be demonstrated, I was asked to paint just like the infantrymen, just because maybe they were less precious. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, then, it's but a then it was like, thing. surprise, there's 600 of them. So it started out with like, okay, well I'll just paint everybody's cloak this color first. And then like, I'll, I'll paint everybody's tail dagger. <laughs> and so you get a lot of partial paints and a lot of non-paints. Um, yes. But I don't think I ever got through enough of them that I was able to start painting like the heroes or anything like that, which might have been like a little bit more fun. Um, but I did really like the ones that I painted. And even though they're incomplete, I don't think I ever fucked any of them up. But I, yeah, I thought it was actually really fun. I liked that part a lot. It is. I think it's really fun. I don't understand, like, 
our our very good friend Nathan is very very well versed in painting these large war bands. He he does it in a similar way that what you did, where it was like you know section by section. But there are also people who are so dedicated to this, where they get like airbrushing kits and like do like I know I get it. Like if you're if you're really like that invested in these war bands and you want them to look that good there's no better way to like paint an entire dude perfectly and flawlessly in like in seconds instead of hours but that's that's a lot well it's a lot in terms of investment in an airbrush but also I, I mean I've never used an airbrush for any purpose um so I don't necessarily know how detailed you can get with it but Let's keep in mind, maybe for listeners who don't fully know what we're talking about, this the scale of these people. So um, the plastic molds do have a lot of detail on them because you can get a lot of detail out of plastic. But we're talking like an inch tall, an inch and a half, maybe, maybe yeah. two yeah. for like a standard, not for like a big hero or a vehicle or something like that. So mm-hmm. it really, <laughs> in the brush I was using, I swear to God, had like four hairs on it you know like it was it was really little so um I guess airbrushes must have very fine points and I just don't realize it because I would feel like I would accidentally airbrush the whole thing some of them do I guess for for more time again you don't have to do that you're not painting a couple hundred dudes what is the most drama that you've ever seen erupt around one of these strategy games oh my god uh, people literally have like hired swords, uh, in this game are like considered sometimes like maybe friendship enders is what they're lovingly or not so lovingly referred to as because some of them are pretty crazy. The Skaven, the Skaven, uh, rat ogre is fucking obnoxious. Um, so people have lost their shit about that. Can you also, like explain? Because it seems like that's a valid character that these people could have played, but people take it personally. You can only you can only have that dude in your lineup if you are a Skaven Warband. So if you're not a Skaven Warband, you can't have a Rat Ogre. Oh in. right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what's the problem? Is that it's the Skaven themselves are already so broken, and then you now have one that's it's too much compared to other to compared to other beasts of its own size it's too much that's one the other um i guess like thing that causes a lot of drama is like you know it's it's rule policing like can you talk a little bit more about it because this is a very this is a very rules-based game this is not there's very little fluff there's no room for argument there's no rule of cool there's none of this stuff that exists in other rpgs there's just hard stats, hard roll of dice. So if you do anything slightly wrong at all, you will be immediately rule lawyered by someone at the table who will tell you exactly your transgression and uh, and how you're wrong and how it actually is. And have you seen mm-hmm. this happen specifically? Mm-hmm. All the time. Is it like That's secretly not. kind of juicy though when it, when you're not the one playing? When I'm not the one playing, it's juicy. When I'm the one playing though, it's sometimes so creepy that it's like strangers who 
approach me at the local gaming store while I'm playing with somebody else and are like, isn't this this? Actually, it looks like it. Uh, this is this. Fuck and you're like, <laughs> what Go is that about? Fuck away. Uh, it's do about you think that that, fuck Do you think off. that there might be any kind of gender aspect to that? Or do you think that people just suck? It's it's men in gaming stores love to come over and rules lawyer me. That's their yeah. that's their mo. Their mo besides like not flushing the toilet in the public restroom <laughs> is is coming over <laughs> and telling me how I'm playing role playing games wrong. Like that's the <laughs> that's the number one hobby that they actually have. It's not gaming. It's that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you ever just want to break something with your teeth? Because that's how I feel listening uh, to that, yeah. to that totally picturable um, and totally predictable bullshit. Yeah, All right. So, you know, listeners out there, maybe just be conscious of the way that you're approaching total strangers to coach them on their own hobbies unsolicited. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the people have the people have house rules. People have. Uh, home inventions. Yeah. People are playing a game that you've never fucking played in your whole life. So why are you coming over and telling me what the orcs do in Warhammer 40k when I'm playing a different game that you don't even know about? You fucking noob. There's a reason why I ha- already have frown wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And it's because if you're frowning, people are less likely to come up to you and say that stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, and I have that stupid ass like poppy grin on my face all the time that makes well, people like feel like they're like, are you enjoying yourself playing your own game? <laughs> are you in your own world of happiness because you are using your free time to play a fucking game? And so I you're know. smiling. That's disgusting. So I'm I, wondering, yeah. So you you've talked a lot about um about sort of XP from campaigns and stuff like that. But in terms of an individual match, like how do you know when you've won? Do you have to kill all of your opponent's folks or no? You can try to kill them all. There's a thing called like a leadership role. That's a really good question actually because it's complicated in this game. The the majority of the time you, you lose because you've had to make a route check. And what that means is that if a certain percentage of your warband has died or if your leader has died, you have to roll to see how fucking ballsy as shit you are. Like, if you are like, oh, no big deal. Everyone else around me is dead and I'll continue forward. Uh-huh. Or if you're like, no, fuck this, Mike. Everyone around me is dead and I have no leader. I'm not going to continue charging this group of beasts that have taken us all out i'm gonna run away that's most of the time you can also be killed totally or there are other things like if the scenario of the fight because each time the scenario is different like sometimes the scenario is some rich asshole son went adventuring and lost his way and now he's stranded on the middle of this rock you and another park three yeah exactly (laughs) You, except in this case, it's you and another adventuring party were both hired to go get him back. Uh, 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 in your, the first one to get him out of there safely gets the pay. So it's uh, like you get you get him out of the out of the border, you get the pay. Um, how do you decide that sort of like plot surrounding it? 
It's a roll. Everything's a roll. Oh. So like there's a big chart and you can roll ahead of time to see which one your scenario is. Oh cool. Look, Avalon. What? We got we gotta we gotta go. We have got God. to go. We, we have do. to we go. We have to I, go. I know we have to go, but I don't have anything else to live for, Diana. I have should have been asleep seven years ago. We have That's to fine. go. That's totally uh, fine. I should have been born asleep. But you know what? If you don't feel like sleeping, you can listen and engage with the podcast in so many different places in between now and whenever we release the next one. I think that that's phenomenal, even though I would recommend that people sleep because I think sleep is extremely important. But if they must, where would they go? I'm so glad you asked. They can listen to us at Stitcher, Stitcher. on iTunes. iTunes. On Google Play. Google. And on Podbean. What's that? I don't know, but approximately 15% of you are listening to us there. All right. Well, if you don't feel like listening to us, what you can do is get yourself over to some social medias and uh, engage with us in that way, if you prefer. So we are at Femsplained Podcast on Instagram as well as uh, on Facebook. On Twitter, we're just Femsplained Cast. And uh, we are attempting to blog with some regularity, and that's mostly on me, at uh, femsplained.wordpress.com. Ooh, you said that correctly, like, and so fast as well. I did not say wordpress, but I am still having a weirdly hard time saying femsplained. Don't forget to freaking rate us. If you have, like, eight seconds of your day that you feel willing to spare, and you tolerate us slash like us at all please please give us that five star just put it just put it there put one click on that button you just take that click on that first star and then you just drag it all the way to the right until you've got all five stars and then you let your little finger off that mouse button and you're done. You release. You release. You it. release. Yeah. You release all yeah. over the stars. Um, and <laughs> you know, if you don't, if you feel like only getting halfway there, that's your own business. But you take it somewhere else. We want five stars or nothing. And I guess if you want to complain about us, then you can email us so that we can um, read it. And by that, I mean delete, delete it. Delete it. Avalon. Yeah. I gotta go paint every one of these fifteen hundred dollar miniature figures that are surrounding me right now all right diana i have to go come up with an elaborate scheme to melt those figurines as soon as you finish painting them while you're at work that sounds really sinister i like it okay bye bye